No country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. We will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. New Right Network presents Right Now, the featured podcast of New Right Network. Mobilizing, countering the left, energizing the right. New Right Network, home of the New Right Movement. Uh, hello and welcome to New Right Network's Right Now podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Slaughter, and with me today is Dr. Christopher Smithmeyer. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Awesome. Christopher is an adjunct professor at both Penn State University and the University of South Florida. He is the author of several books, most recently, A Criminal History of the Democrat Party, which is available on Amazon and via the publisher Elite Ex- Exclusivity. Follow him on Twitter at a at a criminal histo one welcome to the podcast can you uh just tell us a little bit more about yourself um well i've been involved in politics since about uh 2012 i ran for state senate in florida uh we had a very exciting race i was running against a gentleman named chris smith so we kind of kept it clean because our names were similar and we didn't want it to get too nasty and we actually made the national news on having one of the few clean races in the country and it was actually nice we were both moderates um there were some racist comments that it was just a uh, chocolate and vanilla race because I was white and he was black. And um, I've been involved. Um, I've always been a big advocate of the environment and how conservatives can support the environment, that the global warming discussion is just something to distract us from actually things that we know. Carbon dioxide is bad for us. We know that. Um, pollution in the waters makes the beaches look bad and it kills turtles. We know that. So whether global warming, whichever side of the argument people come down on, it's really important that we should be talking about the what we can do to make it better, not what's going on and what's going to happen in 100 years or 12 years. We need to be talking about what we can do now. And um, it's not taxing people to death. It's get, giving companies incentive for being greener and doing the right things. But um, so that's basically what I've been involved in lately. I've also been doing some writing about aerospace and uh, also um, have a new piece that should be coming out soon asking why we're not using the RICO law to charge uh, Epstein since obviously it is sex trafficking. It is a uh, corrupt organization. So we should be going after his fortune because who cares if we put the old pervert in jail for a couple of years? It is getting rid of the fortune so that he cannot do this to young girls again in the future. So we're going after that right now. And uh, that's basically what I'm working on at the moment. Wow, that's fantastic. And it sounds like you're really, um, really working to make a difference in the world. And I love to hear that. Uh, human trafficking is one thing that's always been on my heart. Um, it's just, it's an awful, awful deed. It's one of the, um, in my opinion, most vile deeds a human could ever do is to, to sell another human. Um, and, and so many girls, they either buy into the lie that they have to do that or they get uh, caught into it some other way. And so... Um, yeah, I think that guy just needs to, <laughs> we need to take care of that problem, definitely. Um, so Penn State and the University of South Florida. So do you work for both of them currently? Um, currently, I'm uh, actually on a sabbatical. I'm waiting to hear back about a new position at a um, university I'm going to leave unnamed right now. Um, it's uh, they, want, they want me to run a business department there. But yes, usually I do work with Penn State and USF concurrently as an adjunct. Um, I also work for an international conflict management conglomerate. 
And um, I just uh, do a class or two for Penn State and then a class or two for USF just to get people. Um, a lot of colleges um, don't bring in people that are actually working in the real world. So you get these students that come into the real world with this idea that, oh, I'm going to come out. I want to make $100,000 and become a vice president right out of college because I got a degree from insert random college name here. And realistically, it's important that people from the business community come into the college community, knock down the ivory towers and say, hey, this is what the real world is. When you come out, you're going to start at the bottom, maybe the middle if you go to a really good school. And it really helps um, students. I've got students that are at, with Boeing, with the World Bank right now, that actually went in, they applied for the jobs that they should apply for right out of college. And have moved up the ladder as opposed to the students that just sit out there and keep hammering applications for jobs that they're not going to get because they don't have the experience. So it's a big deal to, um, I highly recommend that anybody that's a professional out there, whether they're on the right or the left, uh, reach out to a college, say, Hey, I'd like to be an adjunct. If you have your master's or your PhD, or you have uh, 15 years experience and say, I want to share my experience because it really helps kids get into the market, get into the market where they should be and um, really get a job that they're after, not a job that people tell them they should be after. Exactly. And I think you're um, spot on with that too, because a lot of professors, they'll just, uh, especially like in the political climate, they'll tell uh, kids what they should believe or um, they'll, they'll spin the narrative. And so having professors like you who are um, committed to the truth and committed to um, just honesty and, and being fair and kind, um, I think we need a lot more of those professors out there. So that's really great uh, to hear that you're doing that awesome work. Um, so you wrote a book about the criminal history of the Democrat Party. Can you give us like a, an overview of that? Uh, what did you find? What's the book about? Well, one of the big things that started the book was um, I got out there and I watched how they um, tried to portray President Trump as a criminal. I mean, that's how they tried to portray him. That was they put all their dice on that and America didn't buy it. America's looked through the fake news. They looked through CNN putting up uh, videos from Fallout 2 as a hacking attack on Washington, using uh, special forces uh, characters from video games as United States operators. Like, the news got so crazy. And I I started looking. I'm like, this is a double standard. You look at Anthony Weiner that gets two years for sex offenses, and then you got people trying like calling for the death of president trump like madonna and johnny depp and some of these other celebrities and it's like why is there such a double standard and i wanted to see how far back this went and it went back to the beginning of the democrat party and it's really funny that since the democrat party is dying now it, it's got a cancer the the socialism will destroy it just like it destroys countries and really the thing that is killing it is what actually started it because Hillary Clinton was sitting there and she's like, resist, resist, resist. Like the, like the wicked witch of the West, like, Hey, I'm going to get you. <laughs> and she was like complaining because she lost an election that she clearly lost under the constitution. It's the whole we're a Republic, not a democracy thing. But if we go back to the beginning of the Democrat party with um, Jackson he did the same thing. He wasn't even running for president. He didn't really want to be president until he found out that he tied. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, yeah, I want it now. And by that point, um, John Adams had been running a real campaign. He'd been doing his job. 
And he got the nod for president because it went to the House of Representatives, which it's never done in history before that time, and it's never done it again. And he got he didn't get the job, so he started complaining, and he used to be a Republican Democrat because the Republicans and the Democrat parties, they like everybody says about how they're the same thing. It's just billionaires playing people against each other. That's how it started, but now there's so much more depth and... I mean, not to say our party doesn't have problems because we do have problems within our own party, but the there's a level of are we a country or do we just want to be the figurehead for the world? And it's kind of a weird dynamic that the Democrat and Republican parties have now because we've got the open borders, we've got the New York law. And if you look through the history of the Democrat Party and people are like shocked, they're like, oh, my God, how are how are they killing babies in New York bef- moments before they're born? And it's like, well, OK, first you start off with the Democrats saying that black people aren't people then women weren't people. Then the Chinese weren't people. Then the Irish weren't people. The Italians were kind of people, but they weren't people to, like in New York. And it's like. Basically, throughout history, the Democrats have made and um, back in the 70s, the gays weren't people like Republicans were supporting gay rights and Democrats were fighting against gay rights. And the Democrat Party, it seems like a party that the whole point is division. It's like, well, you have the right to live. These people don't. These slaves need somebody to manage them. These women need to be told to stay in the kitchen. And like these messages that the Democrat Party just keeps coming up with. It's just you. His, they're always on the wrong side of history. Um, it's kind of like the Supreme Court and Dred Scott. Like everybody in the world knew they were on the wrong side of history, but they decided to dig in, and that's what the Democrats are doing now. You've got um, Talib and Omar that are. I mean, they campaigned that the families of people who killed other people should still get life insurance benefits when someone blew themselves up. I mean, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's that different from me saying, well, I'm going to take out a massive life insurance policy and then go kill myself. It's called fraud. I mean, it's called fraud and terrorism, but I mean, why would you campaign on that? Or these um, AOC saying that they were drinking out of toilets. Well, yes, because the sink is built into the toilet. It's called an efficient appliance that we put in prison centers because they are criminals. And it's one of these things where the Democrats, they always try to say, well, you can be special and the law does not apply to you as long as you vote for us. And it went back through the history. Um, You look at Buchanan, how Buchanan got into the White House. He was a novelty candidate like um, Mayor Pete. Um, which whenever Mayor Pete's talking about, he won't be the first gay president. James Buchanan is widely acknowledged as, a, as he was homosexual. He brought a male date to the inaugural ball. A lot of people, they don't teach that in school. But what happened was he went into the office and then all of his friends that he got him into office, which you're starting to see similarities with some of the current Democrat candidates, mm-hmm. they wanted him to say, okay, just look the other way. The South is going to do their thing. Look the other way. And now we see this with, um, I'm going to single out Mayor Pete. Look the other way. All these things are getting, of our Christian heritage are being taken away from us, like the um, the war cross, which the Supreme Court did make the right call in allowing us to keep down in Maryland, which was great. 
But you see the Baker out in Colorado, he's being sued again. You see Hobby Lobby is being attacked again. You see Chick-fil-A is at war with the city of San Antonio because of their Christian values. And right now you're seeing the Democrat Party say, hey, just look the other way. We don't need to pay attention to that. That's just an isolated incident. And it's the same thing they were saying to Buchanan about the South that, hey, that slavery thing, yeah, there's a couple states. There's 13 states down the South that do that. It's not the new thing. And then whenever Kansas came in, they tried to make it a slave state. When Missouri came in, they had the Missouri Compromise. And it just it's the MO of the Democrat Party to say, oh, it's just an isolated incident. That that elderly gentleman that was um, beat up by Anifa and then had quickcrete lie dumped on his face. That's just an isolated incident. They're not doing that. Yet it's happening in cities all across the country. Um, they're saying Democrats aren't being radicalized. And then yet every time we see an active shooter, the news comes out and says, oh, it's a Republican gun owner that's a member of the NRA. Then it comes out that it's a person with an illegal gun that was never affiliated with the NRA and only changed to Republican like a week before the massacre just to create a headline. Right. It's it's manufactured news. It's the media industrial complex. And it's it's not this big conspiracy out there that everybody's involved. There's just select people in Washington that are involved in the game. Right. And, and that's what it is. It really is just a game that um, it, we're all players then, but uh, the Democrats, they're, they're cheating. They, they're counting the cards, they're controlling the deck, and they're not letting, um, they're not playing fairly. When Republicans, they, they get in trouble for, for doing that, or um, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, so I want to ask you, um, you wrote a recent article about the First Amendment uh, and how we're seeing a problem with that, and you kind of touched on that with uh, the cake baker and Chick-fil-A and um, we recently saw uh, Megan Rapinoe. I hope I said that right. So they win the 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 soccer game. The they're the champions. It's a great event, and then they stomp on an American flag. Yes. Um, so under the First Amendment, do they, I mean they technically have the right to do that, right? They can they can trash the the country. They can step on an American flag, which is just um, I think one of the biggest insults to the country you could ever ever do. I mean, brave men, when men and women fought uh, for the right to, for our freedoms and religions. And um, so how, what, what do you kind of see with like the hypocrisy too, of just, she can step on an American flag and trash it after playing, you know, representing the country and then trashing Trump, trashing the flag. And yet you have a cake baker that says, um, I'm personally not comfortable with making this. It goes against my beliefs. Um, and then he gets splashed all over the news. His uh, bakery is just um, in the headlines and, and he has to go to court over and over again in Chick-fil-A. And um, I feel like there's just such a hypocrisy of they can have their freedom of speech, but Republicans and conservatives, I guess it just doesn't apply to them. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it was kind of, it kind of hit home because I, I played a little bit of soccer in college and in high school. And so I love watching soccer. And I did not watch a single game this year because um, because of her. Even though possibly the best victory se- or goal celebration happened whenever the girl did the tea sipping on the anniversary of the Boston Tea Party, that that had to have been one of the highlights of the tournament. But um, it goes even deeper than that. You've got them stomping on the flag, which I I honestly don't think they were dancing stomping on the flag. I think they dropped the flag. It was disrespectful, but I don't think that was their purpose of doing it. I just think they were idiots. 
<laughs> but then you've got that um oh, I forget what city it's in, but there was a rainbow flag burnt and now they're investigating that as a hate crime. <sighs> and it wasn't burnt in front of anybody. It was just there was a burnt flag left somewhere and they're investigating it as a hate crime and it's like wait a minute, wait where does free speech where does free speech end? And I don't I don't like seeing the double standard at all. I I've seen it so often. Um I've been in academia for know forever now and they there's these double standards where it's okay to say some things and it's not okay to say other things whenever it's supposed to be a free exchange of ideas now i will get out there i will protest against the kkk just as hard as anybody else i think it's a horrible organization and i think these white supremacists are horrible people but if we give other horrible people free places to speak like Johnny Depp going out and saying, well, when was the last time an actor killed a president? If we give him free speech, we kind of have to give the other assholes free speech. And um, it, it becomes a major problem. And it is part of being America that we have to hear things that offend us. Whenever I hear um, Michael Moore's commentary, it's offensive, but I'm not out there in the streets burning copies of Bowling for Columbine. He has the right to say the stuff. And Megan Rapinoe had the right to say what she said. I mean, it made her look like she was a piece of crap, but she had the right to say it. And we need to stand up as members of the media. We need to stand up and say, okay, you have the right to say that. But we also have the duty to say, we're not going to give her all the headlines for it. Let's give the headlines to the young woman who ran and picked up the flag. Let's give the headlines to um, mini AOC who's getting death threats. And who in the world doxes a nine-year-old? I mean, if Anonymous really stands for what Anonymous says it stands for, they should be hunting that person down and finding who doxed a child because she was doing the same thing that Jimmy Fallon and Trevor Noah do every night making fun of politicians. I mean, docs, uh, it, it, that just really bothered me that they did that to that poor little girl. And this double standard, yes, we need the free speech. And yes, people can have this hate speech, even though it's in bad taste. But we need <clears throat> to treat it equally. We need to treat bad guys on both sides like they're bad guys and there's a meme going around now that says the republican plan to destroy the democrat party called let them talk is working we need to let people talk but we've also need to make sure that there's consequences for whenever people say stuff that is completely out of line um i think that president trump is fully within his rights not to invite the women's soccer team to his house because it's his house right now despite what all these people are protesting and it's a very important thing that we maintain this uh we maintain the freedom but we also do not have to give the limelight to people that are saying things that are incredibly negative i think you're spot on with that because um i you know as i'm uh really delving into journalism um, i'm a student myself but you really see so much of, uh, you know, the media picking up the negative stories, the harsh, the the cruel. But where are the the stories about the heroes, right? Like that young lady who picked up the flag. I mean, like I get chills thinking about that. Like she just won, 
you know, this huge tournament and, and her team members are being so disrespectful and she has the guts to run over and be like, "Ah, I don't think so. Pick it up and run away with it. Right. Like she has her priorities straight. Like the fact that they're going to take a soccer game too. And, and, you know, you just want to like this huge game, like that's such a big deal. Why do you have to make it, why do you even have to make it political? Right. Why can't we just enjoy things like that? Um, many AOC, I uh, discovered her uh, right before she uh, had to stop doing it. And I thought she was hilarious. I mean, yeah. you say she's a nine-year-old. And I mean, that's great. But then I, that's just, I think, shows the kind of the Democrats are almost afraid of a diversity of thought. I mean, when they're going to dox a nine-year-old, like grow up a little bit, you know, like, come on. Um, so the last thing um, I just want to say is uh, uh, the current candidates uh just uh quickly like uh there's 20 i think democratic candidates uh what are your like thoughts on them who do you think really uh has the best chance um of going up against the republicans well coming out of the first debate i truly believe that the first night um tulsi gabbard won i believe hands down um elizabeth warren um I wrote an article comparing her to the crazy cat lady off of uh, The Simpsons. <laughs> That's basically what she sounded like, just, just <laughs> rambling and throwing cats at people in the audience. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, Marianne Williamson obviously deserves an honorable mention because her opening speech was amazing. Her last speech um, sounded like she should have been on an episode of Captain Planet. But um, her opening statement about how Americans care about the issues. They don't care about the egos and the politics or the, the egos was, I think the way she put it. Uh, I thought that was a really amazing thing. And I had never heard of her before. Like that's how many candidates are. I'm actually very politically involved and I hadn't heard about her with the second night. I truly believe that Tulsi Gabbard and Cory Booker won that because <clears throat> the second night was an embarrassment. Um, I believe that um, of the people on the stage, Kamala Harris probably came out on top, um, which was mainly because the moderators just kept lobbing softball anti-Joe Biden questions at her <laughs> to uh, come after him. And then um, in the aftermath, um, Tulsi Gabbard managed to spike her own tire, and uh, so did Kamala Harris whenever it came out that... Uh, Berkeley started um, the integrated bus programs when she was one year old, which would mean that the second what she claimed that she was in the second class would have been meant that she was going to elementary school at two years old, which um, uh, she's supposed to be a fairly smart person. But I don't think uh, I don't think she's that far ahead of the curve, um, especially not knowing how she got into politics. Um it, with the way that it came down, though, I think a lot of people got woken up about who the candidates were. Um, I think Swalwell probably made the best move out of any of the uh, any of the uh, candidates whenever he just took a step back and said, OK, I either need to get off the train tracks or I'm going to get run over because I'm not a train. I'm a squirrel. And he 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 got out of the way. But all these other candidates that are digging in and the guy that's running, um, what was the name of the gentleman who got into the race yesterday, the billionaire? Oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. He's, his campaign is, I am going to impeach Trump. 
if you if you win the election, Trump will not be in office. It's like, <laughs> and they said, what's the first thing you're going to do when you get into the White House? He says, I'm going to beat Trump. And it's like, do you not understand that if you're in the White House, you already beat him? And if you're this new guy, if you're already in the White House, what are you going to impeach him for? He's not in office anymore. It's just almost like they don't understand what government is. They think that it's this thing where they're supposed to be powerful and telling us little people what to do, not the um, <clears throat> the crazy thing that Trump's doing and actually doing what people ask him to do during the campaigns. He's cut back the Planned Parenthood funding. He The only reason that he hasn't ended it is because the courts won't let him. He's built, started building the wall. Once again, the courts are holding him up on that. He's putting the census question on the census, it appears over the objections of the Supreme Court. So he's he's actually doing what the people ask him to do, as opposed to, um, who was it, Tim Ryan that said, as Democrats, we need to get the people to think the way that we want them to think so that they will vote for us in the Rust Belt. And I really think um, that that's the biggest statement that everybody over passed over in the debates. And I hope I'm attributing it to Tim Ryan, I hope I'm attributing it to the right person who said it, but the concept in the 2020 race right now is that Democrats are telling people what to think. You will vote for me because I'm giving you the best reason to think the way I do, as opposed to what the government is supposed to do and be like, okay, what do you people think? Because that's what I'm supposed to represent. And we need to bring it back to where those people in Washington, they're not our elected leaders. There are elected representatives. There are voice. They are not their own talking heads. And um, when you start digging into it and looking at who's married to who and who's married to the media, you you can kind of understand why CNN is failing as a news network as the Democrat Party fails as a political party, because they're pretty well inbred there. They're married to each other. The um, presidents and announcers from different uh, shows are married to politicians. And when we look at it that way and we look at the difficulties that we have as a country, it's because we're not electing people to go down to Washington to be our leaders. We just want them to get on and be our voice. The government is supposed to be a limited government, and we need to preserve that and preserve the state rights that have made this country great over the last 225 odd years. Exactly. Um, I was at a event yesterday for work uh, covering um, a presidential candidate, one of the Democratic candidates, he was having a book signing. And the before the signing, um, they were talking about uh, the book and um, I guess kind of campaigning, but all that they did was bash Trump and bash Republicans like the entire time. And I was just thinking, you have such an opportunity here. There were a ton of people at the event like to, to tell what you're going to do for the people that vote for you. Instead, all that they did was talk about how awful Trump's doing. And it's like, well, like you said, like if, if this guy gets into office, it won't be Trump's show anymore. It'll be his. What is he going to do? Uh, so I think uh, you're spot on with that. Democrats are uh, missing the mark. Um, so where can everyone find you if they're looking for you on the Internet? Um, well, I definitely want to plug uh, Go to New Right Network. You can definitely go there and uh, check out. I do opinion pieces. I'm not really a news guy. I'm a, I'm a pundit. I'm talking head. Um, <laughs> You can also look me up, um, just uh, search uh, 
Chris Smithmeyer on Amazon. All my books are there. Realistic Republican, a Criminal History. I have several academic books out there too. If you want to check them out, um, I also uh, do some business reporting for uh, Kivo Daily, which is very limited right now. But um, looking at um, how the tariffs actually were, how our country was run for 130 odd years. I mean. So tariffs do work and they do build up the economy. It's just there's a little bit of growing pains going through them. So you can always look for me there. But um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, mainly on Facebook, I just post memes and recipes. So I'm not really highly politically involved in Facebook. And on LinkedIn is my professional stuff. And um, if anybody's looking for training on how to deal with intercultural conflict, um, we we have excellent programs in that. We like to promote. Um, it's not the color of our skin or where we were born that defines who we are. It's the choices we make in our life. And um, if we can start living in a world where you don't judge people by what they look like or what outfit they wear or what God they pray to, but you actually look at them as a human being and then work on what they do, we're going to have a better world. And I really think um, that's the reason that I became a Republican. That's the reason that I'm still a Republican because I was a Reagan baby and it's the big tent. And sometimes we step away from that. Sometimes we let people make us hate where we shouldn't hate. But um, I'm one of those Republicans that I'm just as willing to go speak at a log cabin Republican meeting as I am to speak at a um, mainstream Catholic event. And it's about the country. And people keep saying that we need to rebrand the argument that we can't just go with the it's the economy stupid that failed under um Romney, I think the Republican Party needs to just step back, say that it's it's the country stupid and that the grand old party is becoming the government of the people. And we really need to work for that. And I think that's what we should. All right. And you could also find him um, on Twitter at, at Criminal Histo One. And you can find us at www.newrightnetwork.com and follow on Twitter and all other social media at New Right Network. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. Have a good one. Me too. You've been listening to New Right Network, mobilizing, countering, energizing. Online at newrightnetwork.com. <laughs>